It does seem he's done the uh, proverbial transfer, as you say. He's uh, he's made his way back home. <laughs> well, I don't know where home is, but uh, <laughs> he's always wanted to be president, so to be honest. Yeah, that's home. Home is where the heart is, and his heart is on the presidency, so <laughs> he's back there. Oh, my Lord. Right, we'll get into all that. We'll get into all the recent happenings in Nigeria, um, I think. It's been a while since we got together to talk about these things, so. Yes. Welcome, yes. welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pokey London Flat Series with me, Afro7, and my frequent and lovely host. I'm sorry, with my frequent and lovely guest, Michael, otherwise known as Nigeria's Best on Twitter. How are you, Michael? I'm very well. It's a cold day, day, very, very cold, but I'm very well. And thank you for having me, and good evening, listeners. Yes, good evening. It's always a pleasure. Oh, listeners, I ran into Michael at Nando's on, <laughs> on was it, when was it, Wednesday? On Wednesday. Yeah. It was really quite random. Yeah, the, the, the strange thing is, I just finished yapping you on Twitter. Can you imagine, um, as he does every day? Literally strolled into Nando's. I saw you standing there. I was thinking, is, is it that? <laughs> I was thinking, I'm sure that's tolerable. That, that can't be. Yes, I, I emerged from the kitchen, from the dark, deep dungeon where I work every day. <laughs> and it was Michael. It was, and this is, what, this is the second time we've seen each other? Yes. Yes, so I ran into him. The last time was just before the 2015 elections. Yes. And yes, I ran into him at Nando's. It was quite a surprise, but you know, hopefully we'll we can have a sit down, a face to face sit down, and have a different kind of discussion. Um, I might even I might even bring the uh, equipment to record a podcast. Yes, and perhaps yeah. you can explain to us why uh, this this crush and error fight. Perhaps you could uh, explain to us what it is. Oh, why are you so obsessed with that man? My goodness! No matter what, no, it's funny how I have the crush. Yet, Michael, every day on Twitter, laments about Aerofire. It's really quite funny. Like, I'm yeah, that's because these, these, these people are dangerous, as uh, El Nathan was uh, oh, tweeting. Please. These people are dangerous people. Oh, please. Aerofire is the best in class right now. And I know it hurts you, but it's just a fact. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. Best of genocidal murderers. Yes, oh, he's leading stop in that with that rubbish. Just stop with that rubbish. And this is, this is quite slanderous and libelous. And you should stop saying it. Slanderous? Are you are, are you arguing with Amnesty International's that Elrify murdered people, Michael? It was an accessory to genocide. Or, or, or that, or that the state government illegally buried people. Which is it? Yeah, they facilitated oh, the please. burial. First, you called him a first you called him a genocidal maniac or whatever you called him. Now yes, you're yes, saying he facilitated. Erufai even supported it himself. Erufai issued the press statement before it happened. Libelous. All that is on, on is public this knowledge. Is so this is libelous and, and slanderous. And I have read the reports. Unlike you, I have read I, the I have, I have read the reports of the incidents. This this uh, last incident, the the Shia incident, and I've seen where the government is at blame, and I've seen where the federal government is at blame. All in all, it was an unsavory incident, and I think people should be brought to book for it. If there are people yeah, in the government, he should be standing trial because he issued the first press statement inciting the 
attacks in the first place. Oh, and when please, it happened, Michael. This is, this, is, this is utter tosh. And listeners, please do yourself the favor of reading the report so you can form your own opinions on the events. Michael well, is I, I 100% Michael, Michael is obsessed with Elrify and he's given to exaggerating, misrepresenting, and just blowing everything he says or does out of all proportion. This is his style. So don't, I see. don't fall for it. Inform yourself by yourself. Thank you. Moving on from your crush, your crush, Elrify. Moving oh, I see. on. <laughs> We will address the recent happenings in the Nigerian political space so that uh, the, the the inevitability, I mean, despite our speculation over, what, nine months, it's now looking inevitable that the president is going to run again for a second term. Hmm. That's topic number one. Two, your man crush Monday, Atiku, has decided to return to PDP. I'll get your thoughts on that as well, Michael. And lastly, yeah. and lastly, any other business that that transpired in the Nigerian political space, and we should address quickly this uh, this SARS issue. SARS is a special anti-robbery uh, uh, police outfit that Nigerians are thoroughly fed up with. So we'll, we'll address that quickly as well. So, Michael, it looks like Buhari is going again. You know, from since his return from London. All indications, though he hasn't spoken to the, to the Nigerian people, he hasn't addressed them, what, since 2015, really. He hasn't yeah. sat down with the press and answered questions in over two years. We don't know yeah. how, we don't know, we don't have a, an accurate gauge of his capacity, his mental awareness. We don't have an accurate gauge of anything, but it seems they're going to push this fellow out again for a second term. That's one. Two, it seems like he's reached out and mended fences with the uh, with the southern with the southern wing of the of the APC. So I'd like to get your thoughts on these two issues. What what say you, Michael? Well, I think uh, one of the things that uh, uh, struck me today was reading L. Nathan's uh, tweets. I don't know if you saw them. He, he launched. He had a tweet storm uh, this evening, and he was explaining how there seems to be a split personality type behavior where on the one hand we have activists in public who are railing against the government mm-hmm. and then in private we're sitting down with these people greeting them as our friends and hugging them as our brothers. Mm-hmm. And I think this one, one of the reasons why I think this is important is because this Buhari issue is a very, very serious issue. We have many activists who we used to interact with on social media Mm-hmm. who have now joined his government. Mm-hmm. We have activists who used to be popular in the news and in the newspapers who, are, who have now joined his government. Mm-hmm. A man that the Nigerian people have not sat down with to talk to for over two years. He's been ill. Nobody knows what's wrong with him. Everybody can see clearly around him that his ministers and political appointees are at war with each other, which would suggest that this man is not in control. And it is this same activists who should be telling this man that, look, you're either not in charge or these activists themselves should be resigning from government. But yeah, these are the very people who are campaigning and saying Buhari should run for a second term. And I'm thinking to myself, is this some kind of joke? So so that, that's, quite frankly, what, what I heard was running for a second term, I was thinking, is, is this a joke? What, what are serious human beings like Fire Me sitting down in that cabinet mm. doing when they're watching this kind of charade? Hmm. Mm. I mean, Michael, look, 
every time you talk about this, you rail against activists. And I mean, at the risk of sounding redundant, Michael, I think it's obvious by now that a lot of activists were and are and continue to be in activism in quotes to line their pockets. So I think I think there has to be something else. And that something else has to be allowing the Nigerian um, people to have an understanding of what to expect from government and how not to reward failure, where Buhari is concerned, you know? Because I think I think it's going to boil down to a matter of ethnicity, uh, sentiment. He's not going to be judged on his performance. Activist or no activist, they're eating. You cannot expect people to talk with their mouths full. They're eating. So we need to move on from those people. They are not the be-all and end-all of opposition. They have to be other people. It can't just be them, you know. It can't. What are we? What are are we doing? Why are we still railing? Why are we still railing about those people of the past? Yesterday's men, to paraphrase, uh, uh, what's his name, Ruben Abassi. You know, why are we still railing about them? There are new people. The reason why I'm, I'm, I'm bothered. I'm worried. Is Mm -hmm. because I remember what happened in 2015. Mm Then, Jonathan was in power. Yes, I was a supporter of Jonathan. Mm-hmm. But I was happy because the temperature on social media, in the newspapers and in the political scene was high. Mm-hmm. Jonathan could not do anything wrong without people making no, making a song and dance out of it. So mm-hmm. there was real pressure on him. Mm-hmm. And after he lost the election, although I was sad that he lost, but I genuinely believe that we had now reached the stage where, as they say in Nigeria, they, they don't bond any person to enter office and relax and think he can just stretch his feet mm-hmm. and nothing will happen. So my genuine shock is that after we built up the momentum, suddenly Buhari won and everybody's relaxed. The sort of things we will not even tolerate from Jonathan. Buhari is doing them almost like on a weekly basis and everybody's just watching like nothing is happening. Yes, but you know, I think you and I mentioned this in another episode. Um, where we discussed how... So you've got the media, the media in the Southwest. The media is largely concentrated in the Southwest. And then you've got, yeah. what, you've got Daily Trust and the leadership who, yes. are in, who are in Abuja, so to speak. The problem is the concentration of media in one part of the country. That is a problem. At least in, at least in the US, even though it's still on... Well, I, think, I think Washington is closer to the East Coast, right? Yes. Okay. So even though, you know, media is largely concentrated on the East Coast there as well, you, at least you've still got the LA Times, which is quite yeah. credible. You know, for, for a New York Times, you've got a Washington Post. And for a Washington Post, you've got a Washington Journal, who have different ideological outlooks. But the point is, the truth and an accurate reflection of the events on ground is a pursuit of these newspapers, right? So it's not like somebody, even if they're privately owned, I mean, the Washington Post is owned by Jeff Bezos, and it's a particular family that owns the New York Times. The point is, they have a goal in mind, which is to represent what's going on on ground and the furtherance of US democracy, right? In Nigeria, you have people who are dependent on the continued patronage of the people in power to survive. Now, in Jonathan's time, it seemed, and I don't know this is pure speculation, but it seems to me like, Opposition, opposition writing was lucrative then. That's why they wrote it. Now, yes. writing for the government is lucrative. That's yeah. why. That's why they either ignore what's going on, 
or they just pay lip service to it. I mean, I have to I have to shout out the Premium Times. They do try Premium try Premium Premium Times. I think is a standout of the lot. But even yeah. with that said, not enough is being done, and I think not enough is being done because of where our media is concentrated in the southwest and in Abuja. So you get the the Daily Trust always always shilling for the president. You get the you get the 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 Southern papers, not the Premium Times. Another one I used to read, but I no longer bother. Punch, yeah. punch, just basically waste of space. You know, advertising visa applications and penal enlargements. That's, I mean, that's essentially what these what these newspapers are. They're like rags now, you know. So I don't think that we should be very surprised by the tack everything has taken because he who feeds the the, the he who feeds the piper dictates the tune, as they say. It strikes me as the opposition of yesterday is now in government today. And and the newspapers, the media has just largely followed followed suit. So they've they've changed in the they've changed rather directions. So f- from being opposition to being the, the government of the day. So I'm not surprised at all. But, but, that, but that's what bothers me because I remember many of the uh, famous activists, you know them, the they call them turning points generation. I remember that period where they were all saying if Buhari messes up, we'll push him out. Now, don't worry, this is not about Jonathan, this is about Nigeria. The same fire we're pouring on Jonathan, we'll pour it on Buhari. Everybody was giving up, was even mocking or saying, unlike you guys who were pro-Jonathan, we will be objective, we will hit Buhari, we will do this, but we no, will do with, that. With all fairness, with all fairness, Michael, I think, and, and I include myself in this, I think a lot of people who supported Buhari have been have been his biggest critics, have been the ones who are loudest when he messes up, have been the ones who are loudest in expressing their dissatisfaction with the current state of the government. We, and again, I include myself... I, I, I don't agree. What I, what, a lot of what I see happening is we've created this mysterious person called the Nigerian government or Nigeria or Nigerians. So in the past, when people would directly call out Jonathan and say, look, Mr. Jonathan, you are messing up on this. Uh-huh. A lot of those people are now saying, oh, Nigeria is messed up. Like, there's a president called Nigeria. Or even when uh, people should be held to account for things. They just say, oh, I'm tired of you people. I'm tired of Nigerians. Nigerians, you people deserve Buhari. What do you mean, Nigerians, you people deserve Buhari? It wasn't, if you campaign to put this man there, then you should take responsibility and use the same energy you campaigned to put him there. Use that energy to campaign to try to get him out. Um, not, um, not just run away and claim, because that's what leadership is. Um, if, if I had campaigned so, for... So, Michael, you mean to tell me, and again, I'm including myself in this, you mean to tell yeah. me that campaigning, like, campaigning for Buhari like you did for Jonathan somehow yes. somehow makes you accountable and responsible responsible for Buhari's behavior you you in in no, exercising right, well listen in exercising your right as a citizen to, to support whomever you want does not mean that you are accountable or responsible for that government's behavior no, you have you have you played are, you your not, part as a citizen and that is it now no, it behooves you it, it behooves you it, beho- it behooves you like i believe it behooves me to speak out when he messes up and i do i take well, that's my point my point is the majority of activists, in quotations, who campaigned strongly for him are not calling him out. And when these people put themselves out there, if they said to us, look, we're ordinary citizens expressing our personal opinions, then that's different. 
but many of them wore the hat of activists or turning point generation or leaders of tomorrow or whatever. You know, I think you're so, fixated on individuals, and I think that's quite a bit of a shame. You, you, you no, need, yeah, I do. I think if if it's if it's not Elrofi, it's it's a it's a bunch of younger people who campaigned for 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 Buhari. The the question I posed wasn't even that. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're fixated. And, there's there's and no I, fixation. And, and there is a fixation, Michael. The there point is, is because people the, need to take responsibility. Your, your fixation you on the 2015 elections is ridiculous. And, I'm, and, I don't, and, I, and I say this in all honesty and in all fairness, and I don't mean to well, offend you, and even though I understand that I might, your fixation on the 2015 election is utterly ridiculous, Michael. You, well, need, it, you, it, need, well, to, you need to move on. Your man lost. Okay, your well, man well, lost. Well, that, the man well, I supported is useless. But you need to move on. Like, come on well, for your well, own that, sake. Well, that is my point to you. I made this point to you on Twitter, Tola. When it comes to U.S. politics, you talk about history as far back as 1776. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even as we are speaking now, mm-hmm. academics are debating the elections that brought Donald Trump in. Yes, for strange reasons. When it correct. comes to debating 2015. All of a sudden, you're afraid to talk no, about the past. I'm not afraid. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not my afraid. My is this guilty conscience. No, 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 there. no, 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 no. Don't get it. Know, is don't. it because you're afraid <laughs> your role in the campaign will be brought to light? Because I don't understand why you're so afraid of history. Michael. Meanwhile, when it's U.S. or British history, you're happy to Michael, throw. You see, this is the your, thing. Your you're all, you're always twisting things. I'm not. No, listen. Wait, listen. 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 Important. Okay. I'm not if, afraid. If Wait, okay, listen I'm not talking about to me. Role, but I'm talking about in general. Michael, listen to me. I'm not a shed moment. I'm not afraid of discussing 2015 and beyond and before and, and during all that. I'm not. Yes. I'm, no, what I find ridiculous, and I mean this, I find it ridiculous that you cannot get over the fact that some people supported one candidate, some people supported another. You think is a rod to continuously beat them with. That isn't well, us... Wait, well, excuse me, please. That isn't, that isn't us discussing the circumstances and the events. That is you and your personal vendetta that you can't let go of. That's There's a, no that's vendetta. A, there there is, that's a completely, that's a completely different is, thing. You cannot... You cannot. Let's discuss history, or we should. And I, I'm a fan yeah. of history. I've got a history degree, so I'm here. I love discussing history. Exactly. You have a degree in history, and you're running away from history. I'm not running. But, I've just told you. I'm not running. You're is, twisting my words as usual. I am not running. I'm right Exactly. Here. The point is, you have to know where you're coming from before you know where but you're going. But that's not what you're doing, Michael. You're well, once is. again, you're once again bashing people who supported a different candidate than you. That is what you're doing. That is what you've, no, you've it's always not, it's been not doing. not bashing people. Oh. They're people who Anyway, a different candidate from me, and I'm mm. very happy with the way they're conducting, they're, they're lending their voice. Let's, let's the discuss government. the matter at hand. I think I have spent yeah. enough time indulging you on this nonsense. Let's discuss the matter at hand. And the matter at hand is yeah. Buhari's second term. Well, as I've said earlier, it's, it's clear to me, my personal opinion, mm-hmm. that he does not have the capacity to be president. I think I agree so, with you this time. Yes. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased that you agree because at least in 2015 we were debating... Oh my God! Whether, <laughs> we were debating whether Jonathan was weak or he wasn't weak. Listeners, I told you English, he's obsessed. Speak English. <laughs> Buhari, we're even debating the fundamentals, i.e. is this dude compost mentis? That's what we're, we're now having conversations mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. This is a new level of shock where a man is run is running for a second term and Nigerians have not 
heard him have an interactive conversation in two years because the last conversation was December 2015 when well, I'm December 2017 mm -hmm. in two years so many of the many of the things about this Buhari uh, scenario are, are quite shocking I mean look at the whole Mena uh, scandal oh shit we need to add that to the list of things to discuss wait wait we'll get there carry on yeah so all this stuff is happening he's not even pretending to, to be interested in what is going on. Mm. He's just sitting there watching like a spectator. I mean, your own team, your attorney general, your minister of interior, your head of service, your chief of staff. All colluded. They all colluded to do this thing. And to be very honest, I don't think it's enough to say, oh, uh, his team. I, th I think going by what, what I saw when I watched the hearing on channels, I think it's it's a hard it's a hard case to make to say that the president wasn't aware. No, I I hundred percent believe he was aware. Yeah. But my but my point is, even an Obasanjo, Obasanjo is is, is duplicitous. Mm -hmm. But at least Obasanjo is a good actor. He would he would literally form anger, pretend to be angry, and sack one of them. He call them to his office and say, "Look, yes, no. Even if he was involved, it, self, because he would sack someone. <laughs> yeah, well, you you pretend like he's you. We'll give you hundred million naira, mm -hmm. but just go, and I'll mm -hmm. go on TV, be angry. But Buhari is pretending like he's not even aware. I don't. So, even, I don't even think he's pretending. I think this is just the way he is. He just doesn't care. He just doesn't but, care. <laughs> but that's my my suspicion is is either he doesn't care or he's not well enough to even be aware. Because I'm thinking, mm -hmm. how can your DSS and EFCC be fighting to try to arrest? Uh, your former DGDSS, uh, Ita Ekpeyong. Mm -hmm. And they are literally arguing amongst themselves. TSS, EFCC, and the police. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking, who is giving these contradictory remember, orders? Remember, um, uh, who, who was it in the, in the House of... in the Senate that said, it appears the president is not in control? Well, yes, I think it was, a, it was, an, it was an, a, a PDP senator from AKT States, if well, I recall correctly. Yeah. Is it, is, is it the lady? What's her name? Yes. I forget. Yeah. Yes, the lady. I forgot she, her name. Yeah, I've forgotten her name as well. She, she's not wrong, though. Yes. She is not wrong. I mean, okay, now let's segue. Let's segue into... I don't think we've really adequately discussed 2019. We might go back into it, but let's segue into this minor issue. Did you watch Did you watch the hearings? Yes. No, I was watching the hearing. The first thing, like, like we, we said on Twitter, the first thing that it didn't strike me because I knew from the outset, this... Attorney General is not fit for purpose. Oh my God, Michael, he is so useless. <laughs> do, do you right. know? Do you know what I believe? I believe any LLB, any LLB grad, right? Not even, yes. not even someone who's finished law school will perform better than this guy. That's how useless he is. He's, yes, no, he's, and the shocking thing is, he's a senior advocate. So, I'm, how but, did he get there? That means that that sand title means nothing if they're going to hand it out to somebody like this. Well, all we know is he's a Buhari loyalist, and Buhari's number one qualification for anything is that you're a loyalist. But because I remember even during the ministerial screening, I remember when we were celebrating the fact that Buhari appointed ministers like almost three to six months after he was mm. appointed. Well, yeah, people were excited. But I remember during the hearing, and I, I remember listening to this dude speak and thinking to myself, I hope to God he's not the person they make attorney general because James O'Cholly was far more confident, articulate, mm -hmm. and generally presentable. Mm -hmm. So from the moment they appointed Malami, even before this, it said many other ridiculous things in the past. I mean, there were times when he was arguing that uh, against the rule of law and why uh, uh, innocent before uh, proven guilty did not even matter. And I was just thinking to myself, you, you have a degree in law, you're the attorney general, and you're arguing against the principles of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. So it was clear to me then that the dude had nothing to offer. 
man, I watched the I watched the uh the hearings and yeah. the questions from the I think the questions from the assembly members, the national assembly members were really quite good and probing. And it became yes. and it became apparent very quickly that he was lying. Well, yes. Yeah, it became well, apparent because I mean his argument was letters emanated from his office and he was unaware and his signature was essentially forged. Yes. That no. that was I mean it's it 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 beggars belief that he could sit there and say that without any comment um, coming in from Asarok, you know, because this means that this essentially means that the credibility of any advice or guidance or counsel that he's given has to be called into question if what he's saying is true. Well, it's it's no surprise because, like, uh, there's a fellow on Twitter who always tweets. Uh, I'm sure you know his handle is uh, King Alfred. And King Avran has said this often times on Twitter that look, they we 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 allowed them get to this point because they were telling us petty lies from the start, and we kept lapping them up and cheering and hailing him as uh, the greatest messiah. So they just they just keep ratcheting up the lies to the point where they tell we got to the point of rats invading the president's office, and people still believed it. Which so, people believed it? Nobody believed that. Well. Um, there are a lot of people that, that swallowed the lie. So I don't think any, where, unless you're like in a village or something. I don't think well, <laughs> most people well, believe that, Michael. I really well, don't think so. Come on. Well, there were believers, but <laughs> we're now at the point where, because I knew this was going to happen. I, I said this to a few people beforehand. I said, look, the government is going to tell us that Maynab brought himself back and an unknown letter, uh, in, in effect, uh, reinstated him. And no, that's basically what the government but is arguing. But everybody, everybody has said the process, because one of the questions was how did the process start to reinstate Mayna? And I recommend viewers, please, I recommend you to view the the hearings. It's, I think it's a total of 40 to 50 minutes on channels. It's really, really good viewing. It gives you a very nice idea of the disarray of President Buhari's government. But anyway, going back to it, everybody pointed out that letters from the Attorney General's office started the process. The Attorney General, in turn, said a junior civil servant in his office, <laughs> an unnamed junior civil servant in his office, yes. was the individual sending out the letters. Re- many, many letters, as uh, Oyo Ita referenced. In her response to his office, they referenced every single letter, so that, that shows you it was not just one or two. They received quite a few from the office of the Attorney General on Maynard's reinstatement. Now, what really got me, apart from his conduct, was, I think it was the director of the DSS, correct me if I'm wrong, a kind of portly, portly gentleman. Yes, Daura. Daura, that's it. Saying he advised Malami to go to Dubai and meet with a fugitive who is suspected of defrauding pensioners because said fugitive was scared for his life and he could help with the pensions investigation. Well, what are we doing? To be honest, this is what I think happened. Tell me, because what I'm I'm curious about is why the determination to reinstate this guy? If If you have any idea as to why that is, please share with us. Well, I think that's why one of the things I said, we have to go back to history and understand why Buhari was obsessed with the presidency. Okay. So in his mind, this whole thing began when Obasanjo came into office and Obasanjo retired all the officers who were in the military 
And unfortunately, most of the officers in the military who had held political appointments were northern officers mm -hmm. because in the past, politics was dominated by northern, northern military officers. Mm -hmm. Obasanjo pursued that process. And Buhari and the Abacha crew, who lost out, developed this vendetta that Obasanjo was anti-North. So that's where the movement began. So all you had to do at that time was go to Buhari and tell him, look, they've retired me because I'm Northern. And Buhari would hold on to your grievance like it was his personal grievance. Because that's the same thing that happened to Daura of DSS, who was retired under Obasanjo. Because he was actually dismissed under Obasanjo, but brought back again by Buhari when he came into office. So it's that whole uh, grievance thing. So then you add to the fact that this, uh, what's his name, uh, Mena, is a mm -hmm. prince from one of the uh, prominent northern towns. I think Biu is a prince in that town. Okay. His father was an emir. Okay. So he would have already obviously had access to Buhari and told Buhari that, look, Jonathan chased me out of office because there's some kind of, I'm sure he <laughs> may not have claimed there's a northern agenda against well, I him. I mean, I think, pause. Let's wait a minute. Yeah. Don't don't rewrite history. He was he was arrest for his, the arrest for his um the warrant for his arrest rather and yes. that was issued under Jonathan Fine. But that's after the good luck Jonathan presidency protected him for a long time to the chagrin of the Senate, which then issued a warrant of arrest against him because the government of the day was protecting him. So I mean whilst your theory holds some water, the thing is Nigerian governments have had a the Nigerian government is a continuum in many ways. I mean, in as much as we wish and hope for change here and there, it becomes apparent that the only difference between the last government and this government and probably the next government is the levels to which they are useless. Okay? The uselessness where Mena is concerned did not start with the Buhari government. And this is not me excusing the Buhari government at all. I just want to show that there is a pattern and there is a history. Well, and perhaps, I, I don't whatever, know. Wait, listen, wait, let me finish. Whatever, attempt to protect him. Whatever, I know that. Let me just quickly finish. Let me quickly, let, let me quickly finish, please. And yes. I think that whatever reasons we think that Mena, the, the desperation for Mena's reinstatement occurred within this government, I'd wager that there is another reason, a much deeper reason that won't come to light maybe until one of them decides to write a book. And it all has to do with money and access to money. That's the way I see it. Well, you know, obviously money is involved, but I'm, I'm reasonably certain that he took his grievance to Buhari like many of them did and said, look, they're persecuting me because of A, B and C, because I'm, I'm Northern, they're persecuting me. Mm. So... Buhari said, okay, meet with my attorney general. Obviously, Mena gave money as well to APC mm -hmm. for the campaign. And then they brought him back. Because with this House investigation, the first thing you have to do is step back mm -hmm. and ask yourself the fundamental question, which is, who has an interest in bringing this man back? Mm -hmm. Because what they are trying to do is, they are trying to lay the blame at the feet of some obscure civil servant. They are, yeah. And they will claim it's some clerk that issued the letter. But you say, well, why would a clerk go through all these exactly. hurdles just to bring me like what what is exactly. why does he have an What's interest? What's the clerk's interest exactly? Even the lady you know the head of service, they're trying to blame her at first. Oh they yes, but she wasn't having it. Do you you watch the hearings, right? It yes. was you know sometimes when somebody is lying. Yes. I'm sorry, when somebody's being honest. Yes. It's not because they're 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 adamant in their statement. It's in the clear and concise and accurate and 
and reasonable manner in which they present themselves. This woman wasn't belligerent. She wasn't shouting. She went through the process, went through what she did, why she did it, who prompted any action from her, and what the what the current rule states, and what she did. And it just made sense. She well, just made sense. Well, that's the point, because we have to ask the question, like, why would Oyo Ita want to bring back Mina? Like, What's her how, interest? How <laughs> you know, like... Like what? What as they say in Nigeria? What is her consign? Mm-hmm. Whether her main is in the service or not. So if you step back and ask these fundamental questions, you can see. Okay, look, there's a cover up here. So you guys don't waste our time with this Senate hearing. Just announce the result, which is an unknown letter reinstated him, and then let's get on with it because that's what's eventually. That's what's basically what Paris government is going because to argue. I don't think Malami is going to be fired. Well, I, I can't see how he will be because he's a he's a member of Buhari's uh, kitchen cabinet. So. My, I, I'm sure at the end of the hearing, some permanent secretary, Minister of Inter- Interior, put his hands up and tried to, tried to take the blame oh. and said he was the one. So my suspicion is they will eventually fire him and then he'll get a golden golden handshake. Who, Malami? Put, pardon? Malami, they will eventually fire him. No, I mean the permanent secretary in the Ministry of Interior. Oh, that fellow, the rude one. I, I, I didn't, you know, there was, there was a dude that eventually said he accepts responsibility. No, no, no. He said he accepts responsibility for any administrative failures. You ha- we have to be clear. He didn't yes. say he accepted responsibility for Miner's reinstatement. Remember, Oyo Ita said, because there was a letter purportedly from Oyo Ita's office, right? Yes. Where he said, the, the, the question from the, from the honorable member was, how did this letter demand or mandate that you reinstall Mayna, because the letter said, go, I mean, because the Attorney General had been adamant, right? And Miss Oyota is not, a, she's not um, a lawyer. So his yeah. guidance said he'd won the court case, blah, 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 blah. So she said, going by the guidance, she hadn't signed that. She wrote it, but she hadn't signed it. So yeah. nowhere on the letter was her signature. She said, going, going from his advice, you may deem it fit to reinstate him. That's that's what the letter said. It didn't say you should. It didn't say you must. It didn't say I approve. She was saying based on the Attorney General's guidance, but the yeah. letter wasn't signed. So she doesn't know how he got his hands on it because she didn't send it out. So she doesn't know how he got his hands on it. And he's saying whether she append her signature or not, he took that as you must do it. Well, I, I, I get that point. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is... For my interpretation of what is going on, mm-hmm. I, I can sort of see what they are trying to do. Because as, as he's claimed responsibility for the administrative failures, mm-hmm. my suspicion is that we eventually conclude and say, look. It was his fault. It was an administrative error that brought Mena back mm-hmm. and this dude has owned it. I think you're so, right, to be honest. I think you're right. This is a useless government. I think you're utterly right. And it's, it's so sad to me. That has come to this, you know. Like, look, I know you rib me all the time, and you're—I mean, you can be very unfair about it. But you know, I've got a thick skin, so I roll with it. When, when, listen, listen. When I supported Buhari, right? The number one reason that I supported him, and I've had to have a talk to myself about this and realize that perhaps it's not as important as I thought it was. The number one reason that I supported him was this idea that there will be consequences for behaviors. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, if you read a lot of my old tweets on Jonathan, a lot of my disgust came from the fact that there was this I, there was this kind of impunity, right? So I thought, 
at the very least, at the very, very least with this government. These are the kinds of open goals that, you know, that, that, that he'd score easily. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, but, but, but this is what we always said, that if you study Buhari's history, mm. he has always been like this, weak when it comes to his loyalists. So there was never, even when he was around in 1984, these things happened. But Buhari would never lift a finger Mm. to do anything to his loyalists. Mm. So that's, that's, that's the point we always made, that this, this myth that the dude was... Because his, his previous government, Idiago ran the show. Buhari was the yes, same thing. Um, Alex so, told me that. So to, to be honest, uh, my anyway, as we said, our main concern is the mistake of 2015 must not be made again, which is in as much as we say Buhari is not up to the job, the key question is, are the alternatives going to be better? Okay. So, as I was so arguing, this is a wonderful segue into our next topic. Now, pause a minute. Remember in all our previous, like, ruminations on 2019, right? You always yeah. talk about Lamido. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, Atipu's going back to the PDP. Listeners, the former vice president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, to give him his full title, the Waziri of Adamawa, Al-Haji <laughs> Atiku Abubakar, <laughs> is now back with the yeah. PDP after leaving, unceremoniously leaving the APC the previous week. This week, he's back with the APC. Uh, he's back with the PDP. Michael, what are your thoughts on this? Well, my uh, disappointment with Atiku. Mm-hmm. In a way, it's my disappointment of many of the uh, uh, 2015 bigwig politicians, which is even when they were running to APC in the first place, mm-hmm. I'd already done my own poor man analysis and could see that I don't see how going to APC benefits you. So if I was with a tick, I want to understand. So I don't you, see, I mean, in hindsight, no, I think it was a catastrophic mistake for him. Because I yeah. don't see how it benefited him in any way, shape, or form. It's obvious. It was obvious to me then, even yeah. though I supported him in the primaries. It was obvious to me that the APC was a vehicle for Buhari's presidency. Yes. So, so I don't know. He be, couldn't see it. If he had stayed with the PDP and supported Jonathan, even if he knew Jonathan was going to lose, mm. he would have clearly been the front runner. He would have had sympathy from all corners of the party because they would have said this was a man of principle. Uh, he stood with his party. Even the voters now who are mocking him, saying he jumps from place to place, would he would have had more credibility in their eyes because they would have said this is a man who stands for something. But instead, you ran to the APC and you knew Buhari got the ticket and you still stayed there. Well, unless maybe Buhari promised him that he'd do one term and hand over to him, which I doubt happened. Never. But that, <laughs> you think them Tinubu would have agreed to that? Well, you know, politicians lie. So they would have just told him that to keep him in the boat. But that, to me, is the only logical reason why Atiku could have done it. But aside from that, I don't understand how he was hoping to get the ticket after Buhari. I, I, I don't understand either, truth. So, well, so that, that's my first surprise. But on the, on the positive side, the reason why I like Atiku, I have many reservations about him. But one of the things I like about him, firstly, is he's a uniter, he's not a divider. And we've seen what a divisive, divisive president can do to a country. Nigeria since 1999 has not been this divided. So he's, he's a uniter. He, has, he genuinely has friends across the country. And as I was joking on Twitter, he, he also generally has an Igbo, he has Igbo in-laws, so he doesn't need to lie about that. So 
A man, he's got Igbo in-laws, Yoruba in-laws. Yes. So, there's nothing about him. For all the bad things you can allege about Atiku... He came from his uh, enthusiastic supporters on the internet. Well, well, yes, I know, but I, I know only God knows where the, the light came from. But yes, but the, the thing is, with Atiku, of all the negative things you can say about him, nobody can accuse him of being sectional or divisive. That is true. He's, he's not that type of person. The other thing is, he's clearly pro-free markets. So we're not going to worry about some president uh, threatening to uh, uh, control the price or value of the Naira or uh, threaten uh, importers or exporters or threaten anybody because he's a businessman. So, and the other thing is, he's also, he has a deep, deep pockets and he's also bold and brave. Uh-huh. So, he's not the kind of person who would shirk from attacking Buhari if he needs to. So, I'm happy in that sense that this has gone to the opposition and he will now breathe life. So, even if Buhari wins his second term, Buhari is now going to have to work for that presidency. And I think this will be the best time for Buhari's advisors to sit him down and say, look, sir, all that nonsense you've been doing the past two years cannot happen again because it's now war. If you're not going to pull up your socks, then you probably need to get out of the... or, or you probably need to stand out. So. I'm just imagining somebody saying, <laughs> Michael, be realistic. They are not going to have this conversation with Bahari because his continued, his continued occupancy of that office allows them access to particular things. You th- do you really think that there's anybody in Buhari's camp that thinks he needs to go? His disinterest, his, in- his incuriosity, allows them to continue doing as they've been doing. It's in their interest for him to remain like this because they genuinely believe that Buhari has the northern part of Nigeria on lock, at least the, 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 northwest, the northwestern part of Nigeria on lock because the northeastern is probably more diverse, right? So, yeah. f- for example, you've got states that are 40, 50% Christian in, in, yeah. in the northeastern part of the country, so as well as Kaduna. So they're not going to ask him to change because they genuinely believe that all he has to do is to show up and he's got 12 million votes. We hear this repeated again and again and again, okay? So Atiku is on a loser in the northeast and I think he knows it. Where the challenge comes for him will be because I see him winning the PDP ticket. I do. Where the challenge comes will come for him will be ensuring that the votes in the south, south, southeast, southwest will be split, and he holds his home turf in in the in the northeast. You know, so he is not. The Buhari people are not going to bother. All they're going to say is Atiku go to the U.S. That's the that's the height of their of their attacks against Atiku. Well, they will let Buhari my... carry on the way he's carrying on. That's it. But that's part of the point I made at the start, because if you notice, one of the things that Tico mentioned in his defection speech mm-hmm. was he actually used the memo El Rufai wrote mm-hmm. to literally hack Buhari. <laughs> that was genius. I like that. Yes, he used that memo. And that's one of the, for me, that's one of the disappointing things about our politics, which is El Rufai is obviously a smart man. Mm-hmm. He himself knows that Buhari is messing up because that memo more or less told Buhari what we'd, what we'd been saying in public. He literally wrote Buhari a private letter saying, look, sir, this, this your performance is shocking. Mm-hmm. Quite, as politely, as, as nicely as possible, he said, sir, mm-hmm. your performance is shocking. So, and nothing has really changed since then, which is why I'm surprised that after that kind of memo, and nothing really having changed, everyone in APC is still saying, this man is the person to be our, our candidate for the second term, which which is what El Rufa, um, Atiku brilliantly highlighted that, look, why, why are we lying to this guy? Behind his back, we're all complaining. Mm. 
but we're, we're telling him that there's no answer but Buhari. So, anyway, I'm happy he's going to the PDP. He's going to give the place some uh, energy. He's obviously going to have a, a big fight on his hands with uh, Sule Lamido. Mm -hmm. Sule Lamido has more credibility mm -hmm. because he stood his ground against but, Buhari. But smaller name recognition. Well, the name recognition at this point is not really because up north, Sule Lamido is more popular than, than Atiku. Then down south, all he has to do is align himself with the right people. And these things can be, can, he can get votes. In the same way, Buhari was not popular down south. All he had to do was get the right alliances. And he became a messiah. So it can be done. But the, the bigger issue for Sule Lamido is, as I've always said, I think nobody quite knows what his economic beliefs are. And we can now see how dangerous it is for a president to go into office without that's fully true. outlining his economic yeah, ideas. So Sula Lamido needs to, to come clean and tell us what he thinks. And then we also have the dark, dark horse of Dan Kwambo because there's the real possibility that both the, the owner in quotation, the owners of Nigeria, maybe the Obasanjos, the IBBs and co, could just say, look, we need a generational shift in, in the PDP. We cannot have another old man like Atiku or Sule Lamido because these, these guys are all in their late 60s or probably early 70s. Mm -hmm. uh, we cannot have another generation of, of these men. So they might just say, let's get a young, uh, capable man. And I think Dan Kwambo might be the dark horse. But mm. all in all, it's, it's very interesting. And I'm, I'm happy that finally uh, Buhari is now on his toes. You think, look, I mean, I hate to keep saying this because... I don't know, maybe people think I'm joking. Buhari is not on any toes. He's not on anything. He's chilled, he's relaxed because the fellow has no idea of what's going on. If if anyone is threatened, it's the people that surround him. Do you see yes. what I'm saying? They yeah, I mean, might they might be worried. But Buhari is sitting in his house, sipping his fura de nuno and watching <laughs> TV. He does not care. He doesn't know what's going on. You know, but sit on a serious note, do you get the feeling that he cares or he knows what's going on? Well, well, the fact that he's now decided to uh, travel to an AU summit with Tinubu on the plane indicates that, because if you remember, he, the initial plan was Buhari took office and just literally shanked uh, Tinubu and said, look, my friend, sit in Lagos. Mm -hmm. I was not really interested in the relationship. Mm -hmm. But I think my suspicion is they've done their own internal polling and can see that uh, it's going to be hard to win because obviously he might win in his northern base, but... The Southwest vote electorate are not happy at all. Um, so, you know, the Southwest, yes, the Southwest. I mean, and please do correct me if I'm wrong. I think the Southwest and the Northeast, yes, and maybe the what, what we call the uh, the 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 central part of Nigeria, so that's yeah, north or, central, middle belt, north, right? They are not so predictable in terms of. Yes, those are going to be battleground states. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can have... Lagos is not an APC state. I know it sounds silly when I yes. say this. And believe me, I know what I mean when I say that. At gubernatorial level, you can say the APC is going to win, right? Whatever. Yes. But if, at, when it comes to the presidential elections, Michael, I yes. don't think the APC can rest on its laurels in, in Lagos. Yes, but that's why I'm saying Buhari is on his toes. I think that's why he, he realized and reached out to Tinubu because I'm sure they did their polling and saw, look... It's not... Uh... <laughs> Lagos is the proverbial purple state. That's yes. it. But 
Lagos, Ekiti. I mean, look, to be very honest, the only states I see definitely going for Buhari if he runs, two in the southwest, and there'll probably be more, but right now that I can be definite will be Ogun and Oshun. Those are the only two I can definitely say will go Buhari's way. Yeah, so maybe maybe even Oyo, Oyo might go for him. Mm. But, mm, yeah. but, but it's not but it's not going to be I think he knows. That's why he's he's reached out to Tinubu because he now knows that victory is not guaranteed at all. I mean I think I think we'd be very foolish to assume that Tinubu doesn't know what's going on. Yes. You know. Like he he I mean, come on, the fellow realizes how he was treated in the first instance. Yes. And now they're back. Yes, <laughs> he, he's quite an astute politician. He's a master tactician. He's shown himself to be that. Okay, he was played by Buhari once, and I don't see it happening again. Look, they, I, I think the choice for Tinubu at the end of the day is it's either he goes against Buhari, but if he wants to go against Buhari, then you have to be sure that the person you back can win. Mm. And at this stage, they're probably not sure that the PDP can win. But if he sees that PDP puts together, yes. So if he sees that PDP puts together a formidable candidate, and he and he's done his own internal calculations and sees okay, you know, like when he backed Jonathan in two thousand and eleven. Mm-hmm. So if he can see okay, they have a team that we can swing and join them and win, then I think he'll do that. If he can't, then it's better to just tolerate Buhari for another. I mean, to be very honest. Yes. I would rather an article presidency than a Buhari second term, to be very honest. And I've, I've said this to you several times. My yes, preferred my preferred position is an article one term and a southeasterner in 2023. That is what yes. I prefer, right? Yes. I would and I would much rather that, okay? But the problem the problem we have now is there is no way we are going to because if you think about it. The choices before us are stark. It really has to be either Buhari or Atiku. Do you know why? And I know that your 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 proponents may be of this zoning idea. There is no way you're going to get somebody who isn't either one of those who's going to do just one term. No, I know. I, I, I think they said Atiku will promise... I read in, in this day that Atiku is actually going to promise to do just one term. To stand on... No, we don't want, we don't want him to give an... Uh, an interview is going to stand on national TV, look in the eyes of Nigerians, and say, "If I win, I'm vacating office in 2023." Well, the thing is, I don't even, to be honest, I don't even want him to promise that he will do one term. My I view do. is, I do I that way he can govern and not care and not worry about re-election and really do some of the things that need to be done. Well, the, the other problem, you know, about. Uh, in England, we have the lame duck prime minister. So once they know you're doing one term, it even makes things more difficult for you in uh, with the Senate because they can just tell, look, we'll manage this guy for four years and then he's gone. So I think I, I, I don't want any candidate north or south to ever promise to do one term. I think if Atiku is fit enough, he, let's say he wins and he's fit enough to do two terms, then no, I think he should either do it no. or lose at the ballot then box, but if, not... Then, I mean, I agree with you. In a normal society, I agree with you. But if we're going to die at the altar of zoning... It has to be yeah. fair. It no, no, I agree, I agree with zoning, but zoning with a little bit of no, leeway, then, i.e. Then, then there's no zoning then. Well, I say zoning says that it goes to the north. After the north has one candidate has done two terms, it switches. But anyway, I think we're, we're digressing. Mm. I think uh, if he does one term, like you said, picks a, a southeastern running mate, probably Okonje Weala. That's my suspicion. You I, think I she'll be down that. to run? Pardon? You think she'd be down to run? 
was his running mate. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I think they could persuade her to, to do it. I think the poor woman is tired of you people, man. <laughs> what do you mean you people? Was you guys that gave her... I mean, she's tired of you people. Let her rest where she is, please. No, I'd, I'd be happy if she, if she, if she came I mean, in a second if, time. If, if she does, that would yes, make me very happy. Because, as we know, the difference between Atiku and... Or one difference between Atiku and Buhari is Atiku delegates and he listens. Mm-hmm. Buhari does not listen. So if even if Okonjo was Buhari's running mate, it will make no difference because he won't listen to her. He will just do what he wants to do. I mean, I mean, as an aside, there is definitely yeah. a story to be told about Buhari's absence and Oshibajo's um, acting presidency. There is a story to be told, and I don't think that story has really fully emerged. I can't wait to read the books. If they're honest, that is, but you know how they are. There'll be books. I can't wait to read the books. Well, there will be, maybe years after when everybody has died. Mm-hmm. But the the truth is, I'm sure... You know, Osimbajo is an... Is, 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 Osimbajo. Is, is, is like, yes, Osimbajo. Uh, it's a sh, not a s- I'm sorry. When they learn to pronounce Edo names, they should phone me, and then I'll, I'll try. I'm from Edo State, so I need to do my best. <laughs> but uh, the thing I like about the vice president is, you can tell he's laid back and relaxed, but I'm mm-hmm. sure that some people must have annoyed him during that period when Buhari was away. Hmm. And if he ever gets power, he would deal with some people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so, that, so that's why they keep praising him for not being ambitious. As if yeah. that's a good thing. As if not being ambitious is a good thing. Oh, Nigerians are mad, I swear. No, yes. No, they say you're... They say, that's what I like. That's one thing I like about Atiku. Atiku fights for his rights. He's, he's a confident person, so he won't let you walk over him. I mean, Sorry, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not. To be honest with you, people that I respect keep saying to me when I hear a people talk, my opinion of him will go down. I don't care, and the reason that I don't care is, I heard Buhari talk. Yeah. And I still thought, you know, he was what we needed at the time, and blah 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 blah. So, knowing Atiku's antecedents and knowing the things that he he's been able to do, in yeah. government and out of government. And knowing that he was the one who recommended a lot of the professionals that Buhari ended up, I mean, Obasanjo ended up appointing. Yeah. I don't, I mean, he's okay. I'm not, you know, to me, he's okay. He's just okay. I'm not going to no. say he's the best choice we could possibly have. But if it comes down between Atiku and Buhari, I am going to, I'm putting it out there right now. I am going to support Atiku. It's just that simple. No, it's no uh, surprise at all because... I made that point uh, when we had our debate in 2015. I said change is a slow and grinding process. Mm. So there will never be, or I I don't want to say never, but I don't ever foresee us having some kind of transformational leader that transforms the whole country. But what will happen is every year, every cycle, we have to keep electing the better candidates. Mm -hmm. And little by little, that better candidate does something better. The next one comes and improves something something else and does it a bit better. Mm -hmm. And then over time, the country transforms, but it won't happen by one person. It's just always pushing for the better person to get the job. Uh-huh. So I think, like you've rightly said, if it's Buhari and Atiku, then the better candidate is Buhari. We push him. I mean, Atiku, but the thing we, we I, I would encourage all of us to do is even if Atiku wins, we must put him under pressure. I mean, he's definitely the underdog in that race, to be yes. fair. He's definitely the underdog. However, I mean, to be very honest with you, there is no there is no more mystery. There is nothing else to be unveiled, unfurled, revealed where Buhari yeah. is concerned. You know, this is it. This is it right here. So I don't know what we're hoping to get 
in a second term, to be honest, I don't know. I just don't know. And if I don't get involved, I mean, I would love to, but there's a, there's a chance that I might not. If I don't get involved actively in 2019, my position is still clear. I would rather an Etiku presidency than a Buhari presidency, and I will say so. Well, I think everybody needs to get involved, not necessarily volunteer for one team or the other, but mm. either write blog posts, take, do podcasts, mm-hmm. comment, but at least we all have a responsibility to uh, contribute to the general conversation so that by everybody, i.e. the whole comment commentariats, throwing mm-hmm. in their opinions, mm-hmm. it enriches the debates so that everybody makes more informed decisions than they did in the past because that's the only way our society can be- get better if, if everybody is contributing and everybody is pushing for change, whatever they mm-hmm. think the change is. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I love about U.S. politics. Everybody's writing. You, you cannot see a situation where everybody's pro-Trump, everybody's pro uh, Hillary, there's, no, you there's can't. Just... I, 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 no, the thing about the US that we don't have yes. is they've got some nuance. And this doesn't this doesn't mean every single one of them, but nuance is a thing there that we haven't quite mastered. Do you see what I'm saying? Now yeah. if you if you forget the hyperbole of political campaigns and stuff where one person is all evil and one person is all good, that's fine. The 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 the, the intelligentsia, the people who really discuss politics on a granular level almost they know the importance of nuance now at the risk of sounding like i'm about to say everything that's against what i just said where buhari is concerned i don't see where the room for nuance comes in because i think when you get a guy do you see when you get a guy when you get a striker in front of a in front of a goal that doesn't have a goalkeeper He's not timed. In fact, he can slow walk the ball into the net. Yeah. And he misses. And he misses. You have to ask him. And he continues and he does it over and over and over and over again. At some point, you have to say, you know what? This guy just can't play. That's it. He can't play. Yeah. You're not going to say, oh, maybe we should try him. Maybe we should try him on the left. Maybe because the point is scoring a goal. Bahari had an open goal considering... Yeah. Why most people who voted for him said they voted for him, he had an open goal to enact all his reforms, ensure that, you know, he got he got together a team that knew what it was doing on time, hit the ground running, got us in a better shape to deal with the with the fallen oil prices so we can rebound when it rebounded. He did none of these things. Even his famed war on corruption is a charade. Well, yes. So, so when he he's he when he's um, campaigning in 2019, on which ground is he going to stand? If we are being completely fair, on which ground would you support a Buhari re-election? I need to. That's the question I'm going to ask anybody who says to me, "How can you support Atiku? Let him go to the U.S." Well, <laughs> no, like Atiku, uh, like others have told us, even Atiku said it. I, I don't discount the corruption issue. I think, obviously, corruption is a serious issue. But like I've always argued, corruption is a red herring. Because when you're talking about Nigerian politicians, all, all the key ones are corrupt. They're all so, corrupt. They're all corrupt. I mean, I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, it's the, the extent, a lot of people felt, myself included, the extent of the impunity last time, I felt it was an emergency. I can only speak for myself. I felt it was an emergency, and I felt like we would elect... A government, not just Buhari, a government that will that will arrest the issue. 
given that a lot of Nigerians expressed a desire for corruption to be dealt with, but he hasn't done that. This government hasn't done that. So you cannot, you cannot, in a government that has, that still has the individual involved in snake cutting or grass cutting or whatever, that still has the individuals around, still hasn't fired Malami, still hasn't dealt with uh, the, the, the head of the agency that had all the millions in the apartment, you know, who can they say they won the corruption, the war on corruption against? Well, but, but that's my point has always been the whole idea of war and corruption has never really made any sense to me because every country has corruption. Even many of the, the wealthier ones are probably even more corrupt. But the real issue is, are they growing the economy? Are they creating jobs? Are they bringing in reforms that are gradually reducing corruption? And for a, for a statist economy like Nigeria, one of the best ways to reduce corruption is to privatize state assets and get the private sector involved in mm-hmm. more activities because oftentimes so privatize the NNPC. Yes, because oftentimes this this unitary system is is corruption itself. Mm-hmm. The whole land oh, allocation is. system. It everything really, just, really is. Yes. I mean, the the point so, is, it keeps us bound to a system where we every month go begging, go begging to the federal government. You do, you do, you develop at a pace that the federal government determines, which I think yeah. is really ridiculous. And it's obviously it's, it's, it's by design, so you know. Yes. So my point is, if you you can fight corruption, then your first step should be to dismantle the unitary state, mm-hmm. so that people have incentives to be outside the government. But Buhari uh, didn't do any of that. The likes of Tunde Bakari and Co. campaign, the fact that Buhari was going to a national conference, all that has going to voicemail. I'm sure you remember <laughs> a few months ago, your friend El Rufai said he was launching some. APC uh, restructuring uh, paper. That Even too, that? What happened to that? It's gone very well, quiet. Voicemail, <laughs> as ever, because one thing I've noticed about Buhari's government is they always seem to be reactionary. So when they see something is in the news, like you see, as, as soon as Atiku started commenting on the slavery thing, they, that's when they realized, oh, let's talk about it. Yeah, as soon as Atiku said, well done to Whiskey and DeVito. Yes. As if Buhari so, even knows who the hell those people are. Yes. <laughs> it's probably even calling them corrupt. That look at them on TV. Corruption. Corrupt. Yes, exactly. <laughs> calling whiskey corrupt. So, to be honest, this uh, Buhari, from people I, I know who knew Buhari in his past as former head of state, oh. they all said the same thing. This is Buhari. This is not a changed man. I know my good friend, Mr. IED, claims Buhari has changed, but... This is the Buhari. I must, I must invite Alex on the show next week. He needs, yes. to, he needs to explain some things. No, it'd be good to hear his 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 uh, about his uh, road to Damascus uh, conversion. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm very interested in hearing. Like on a, on a serious note, he's somebody who he's somebody's he's somebody who's um I don't know how to put it. It's not respect. It's not even admiration. It's yeah. when he talks. People tend yeah. to listen, right? So I think this change has to have an explanation. I'm going to ask him. No, I'm, I'm also it. keen to hear. The one mm-hmm. thing, strange thing enough, one thing I do know is I have a lot of time for Mr. A.D. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I do is because even though I disagree vehemently with his... Uh, with his soul Buhari, becoming Paul, right? <laughs> yes. But the reason why I have time for him is... He's someone, he doesn't do insults or abuse. He'll generally debate with you. He'll That's talk to true. you. That is very he true. He might not agree, but mm-hmm. he'll be very civil in the conversation. So That is very true, yes. 
so I have time for him. So I, 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 as much as I don't agree with what he's done, I'm like, well, I respect it. It's you at the end of the day. It's your voice. You can use it to justify whoever you want for oh. president. Oh. Huh. So, but yes, so, uh, I just pray that the PDP gets his convention rights, that they hold the primaries. If Atiku wins, then so be it. If Lamido wins, so be it. But yes, I, I so hope... So both parties I can't say that, I, that I'd support Alamido because I don't know anything about him. I don't know what he's done. I don't know what he's doing. So, yeah, I can't well, say that. But, yeah. His, his number one supporter on Twitter is uh, Debola Rewaju. So, uh, oh. I'm always telling Debola on Twitter that, look, we need more. We need to, we need to know more about the history of, of, of this man. But uh, hopefully, as, as time goes, as, as time progresses, then Alamido will tell us more about what his economic uh, plans are. But at the moment, I'm not convinced. I'm I'm more in the Atiku camp at the moment. Oh, let's see. I'm. I mean, it'd be interesting to see his uh, his his uh, his choice for running mate. Who Atiku? Yes. Well, I was, there was a time when they thought it was Peter Obi, but after seeing that Anambra election, if Obi cannot pull a strong showing in Anambra, and with this rivalry with uh, Obiano still ongoing, my worry is I don't know if he has the political strength to deliver the kind of votes that are needed from the southeast Obi. to me. So who then? Because I have a feeling that uh, Big Willie is friendly. <laughs> Big Willie is friendly with the Buhari government. Why are you calling him Big Willie? Is that who? Where did that name come from? You know, Big Willie Star, na 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 na, getting jiggy with it. You know, his name is his name is William. Yes. Like Will Smith's name is William, and Will Smith had an album called Big Willie Star. So that's it. That's why. I've never heard of this. Anyway, you're not a fan of hip hop, so you na 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 music. You're not a fan of hip hop, so you wouldn't. Do you even listen to music? Oh well, yes, yes. I listen to Sonia Kosu as I told you. Well, yes, Sonia Kosu yes. is good. Well, yes, jolly chap. I do listen and indulge in quite a few, quite a few yes, of this nonsense and philistinic rubbish you call music. Yes, I some of these guys are good. It's jolly good. And it's the music. But yeah, so uh, I just hope he picks the Bibi Okonjo Wella as his running mate, and then things can get can get going. But the one thing I, I he needs to energize. Listen, he needs to energize young people. He needs to give young people a reason to come out and vote, register to vote, come out and vote, all that kind of thing. I mean, I think I think his online persona suggests that he's into youth culture, so that's good. Um, but he definitely needs to energize young people. I think that you know, you know, Buhari will have his will have his votes in the bank, and we are also assuming that the um, the INEC would be fair. <laughs> Do you see what yeah. I mean? So. <laughs> He needs he needs to even stand a chance against Buhari. He needs a hell of a turnout. Yes, no, my my, my main. I'm I'm hoping he can win, but like I said, he needs to be put on that pressure, Atiku, because my fear with him is is he, if he wins, he'll go into office with a you know there's baggage that comes with having a large family and polygamy and all that kind of stuff, uh-huh. and obviously there's the corruption reputation which they all have, but. When you come into office, large family, polygamy, the corruption, then there will be room for Jacob Zuma type uh, drama if Atiku is president. So that's something that 
both the watchers, as they call them, the, uh, the social media, the, the media and the political media have to be aware of. He has to be on his toes to understand that, look, if you win, you're not coming here to hold a family meeting or to be making your family rich like Jacob Zuba in South Africa. You're here to work for the Nigerian people. Mm. So, that, so that's that, something people have to keep an eye on. Well, there's, there's that too. Look, it'll be interesting in 2019, to be honest. It'll be very, very interesting, and I can't wait to see it. Whatever, whatever transpires, I just can't wait to see it. And to be honest, if young people can be engaged and energized, who knows? Who know, Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what could you know what could happen? And I think we had a third topic. I, for the life of me, yes. I can't remember what it is. SARS. SARS. So Nigerians this week, and I really support this movement, have been protesting SARS. So I think that's a special anti-robbery squad. Um, SARS is notoriously brutal, um, uh, acts with impunity, is wild, un- uh, out of control. Nigerians are detailing stories of the ordeal at the ordeals at the hand of SARS, and you know it's, it makes for pretty harrowing reading, to be honest. And the 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 police has the Nigerian police has since uh, issued a statement saying SARS is doing fantastically well. <laughs> Nigerian police force. They're the ones where they were called the most corrupt in the world and they issued a press statement trying to argue with it and starting a fight. And the strange thing is no one really paid attention until they started arguing with the uh, rankings. Mm -hmm. People thought, what are you talking about? You are the most corrupt in the world. I'm surprised that you are surprised that someone has told you something that we we all know. So I think the but well, then again, the issue with Nigeria's ever is, I think we tend to deal with symptoms instead of the fundamental disease. Mm. And the fundamental disease is the country as a whole does not respect uh, human rights or human property. So SARS is a symptom. I mean, we saw what happened with the Shiites praying in Kaduna and the mm-hmm. military massacring over 600 of them. Mm-hmm. And Buhari was on TV arguing that they touched the general's chest. Therefore, Somehow it was it was justified that all those people were slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Many of the people who are trending hashtags now saying end SARS mm-hmm. at the time were justifying the military's I mean, actions I mean, against. I, I mean, I think I think that that whole whole episode was so so shameful, so very very shameful, and nobody's going to get punished for it. Nobody's going to get held to account, whether in the state government, whether in the federal government. Nobody's right. going to get held to account. It's really very terrible, to be honest. Well, so so that's the issue because they're saying end SARS, but SARS is not the problem. Even if you change the name to, I don't know, Mars or Dars or mm. Mars, mm. it's still the fact that the, the people with power in Nigeria abuse their power and nobody seems to be able to keep them in check. So if we want to solve the problem, then there has to be a holistic approach to understanding what human rights are and why we need to respect human rights. Because from the police, the army, the navy, even class captains in Nigerian secondary schools, teachers, mm-hmm. nobody respects anybody. Mm-hmm. So that's what uh, needs to be addressed. The fact that our pe- people in power do not understand that they are the servants of the people. They think they are the masters. Well, we treat them what they are, truth be told. You know, We certainly behave as if they're the masters. I mean, we just accept their impunity. We accept, we accept their disregard for our rights. We accept their rampant and rife corruption. We accept every and anything from them. So we certainly treat them like they are lords. You know, well, we, we hardly punish them at the polls, you know. Yeah, that's a strange, strange because my biggest surprise is we even have that many SARS officers because 
everywhere I turn and I see a politician, a celebrity, a big man of any sort, pastor, they all seem to have at least five policemen guarding them. Right. I'm actually thinking to myself, so who are these SARS people? Is that why they don't wear uniforms? Like, is there, are we sure these are even policemen? Because I'm surprised we actually have policemen to do police work. See that they all seem to be working for. Right. In, in private capacities for one person or the other. So right. <laughs> the whole country is just, uh, and I suppose the recession is probably part of the problem because with the economy going down, people being owed salaries, maybe the police are even more desperate than before. Yes, 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 it appears. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm taking my annual pilgrimage to my homeland. Oh. <laughs> my own homeland, my own holy land, which is Lagos Island. <laughs> I'm going home soon. And I'm not going to lie, I'm really rather worried about my safety this time, you know. I hate to say it because it feels like I'm putting it out there in the air. But <laughs> no, but on a, on, a, on a very serious note, I feel like the recession has made people that much more desperate. That much yes. more willing to do things that maybe they might not have done, what, you know, a couple of years ago. Do you know what I mean? So I'm really quite worried. And I don't know that... Lagos state government or, you know, like other governments really makes a special provision to protect people in traffic to all that. I don't, I don't, I don't think it does. You know, it's very hard because there's really nothing that can be uh, done because at the end of the day, they're not paid well enough. So I'm not sure what Lagos state government can do if if an officer is paid 30,000 naira a month. 30,000 naira three years ago is worth like half of what he used to be worth now mm-hmm. because of the inflation mm-hmm. and everything. No, so, no, no. Uh, what I meant was, you know, like people talk about robberies and whatever have you. So you station your police officers at strategic locations, you know. And I, I, I've seen, to be to be fair to the police, two years ago I was in Nigeria. At 3 a.m. in the morning, we were driving on the road. It was dark. I think an incident had just occurred before we got to the spot. There was a, there was a, check, a checkpoint. The police officer stopped us, you know, with his colleagues or whatever, shown their torches into the car, asked us our names of what we were going and told us that the road would be closed soon because there was a report that some guys were heading down this way, so they're sorry to stop us. They were so polite, I was shocked. They're so sorry to stop us, but they just have to make sure because, you know... And in my mind, I was like, oh my God, is it because these ones are stationed on Victoria Island or <laughs> or what? And no, somebody attempted to give them a tip, and he was like, no, 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 thank you. Michael, what? my mouth what? dropped. Pardon? My mouth dropped. The police yes. officer refused a tip. He said, no, thank you. Well, are you sure that was a real police officer? He was real. <laughs> it wasn't just him. There was like, you know, when they do their checkpoints, it's not just one person. So <laughs> they were there. He said, no, <laughs> no thanks. Maybe, maybe somebody... But then again, it might be, a, uh, I think, a, a DTF young. I saw a tweet where he tweeted today about the whole privilege thing, where when you sound educated and or posh or foreign, mm. the police tend to be nicer to you and be very professional. Mm. So so it might be have been a company. You guys were in one of your nice Mercedes, and all of you were dressed in your expensive attires. Whatever, Michael. These are obviously Buhari's children, so we better not ask them. <laughs> no, I think the fear is I don't know who your father might be, you know, so like, hmm. Exactly. So let's saying. be so, careful. <laughs> yeah, let's, before we, we collect money from Tinubu's daughter, then we, we oh, end up in jail. So, so Nigeria is a—it's—it's—it's it's, it's quite an exciting place for 
pe- people who want to solve problems. It's an exciting place to be because Nigeria is at the cutting edge of problems. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate situation is the people who have the power to solve problems are not interested. No, they're they, not. They're not because the chaos the chaos is quite favorable to them. Yes. Yeah. So, because many of these problems can be solved. It's, 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 it's a, especially when I see them saying things like, oh, uh, Nigeria's problems should be solved by Nigeria's solutions. Blah 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 blah. Whatever the hell does that mean? I mean, like, <laughs> are we? Are we? What's so unique about Nigeria's problem? Uh, problems that need unique solutions. They need to piss off. The thing is, they keep selling us this idea that never in the history of the human race have we encountered a country with the exact same problems that Nigeria <laughs> exactly. has. I mean, huh? No, that, that's what's annoying because all you need to do is just Google and you find okay, how did South Korea deal with police? police bribery. You see reports, case studies on how they solve the problem. So there's actually nothing that we're going through that somebody hasn't solved. Well, it just seems nothing. to be... There's absolutely nothing. To be fair, there's nothing. Yes, so it's, uh, it's very... Nigeria's, uh, I'm just hoping that now that the electoral season has kicked off, because more or less it means governance, governance is over to 2019. Oh yes, but, it's, it's definitely over. So, so I'm just hoping that one thing PDP can do, even if they don't win, is to put Buhari and the APC on their toes. Because, as you saw, Buhari was forced to visit the southeast, albeit reluctantly, but at least he showed up and received his no, chief president. Do you know, I really believe, a part of me really believes that he thinks we're still at war. <laughs> I, I just think the dude doesn't care. Buhari has never cared. That's, that's the problem. <sighs> And, so, and much, much like with Jonathan, his wife seems to be the more, <laughs> the more uh, gingered one, you know. Yes, no, no. She, she. I think she fully understands. I'm not even sure she's in the loop of power. I think she's shouting as. I think she's in the opposition because oh. Mama Dara seem to have the dude on lock and co have seem to have the dude have, have the dude on lockdown. So it's uh, it is truly shocking that you're you're visiting the southeast almost after two years of being president. So no, it's 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 spectacular. It's <laughs> everything everything this government does cracks me up because I I feel like in my wildest dreams. I know you keep saying this is what we told you guys. Okay, I've heard. In my wild, I feel like in my wildest dreams, I could not have predicted that it would be this bad. I think even the people who are saying this is what Buhari is like could not have predicted that he would be this bad. No, no. I, I one thing I must admit is. Many of us predicted this, but even we are shocked. Mm-hmm. We're shocked. We're just like, what? Buhari will just disappear and just reappear and not even try to explain where he's gone. Or yeah, and, and he, he will possibly get rewarded with a second term in government for it too. Exactly. Or Buhari will stand up and present the budget and the headline will be, be Buhari stood for an hour to present the budget. I'm just thinking. No way. Was that a real headline? You don't remember Daily Trust when he doing the last. Oh, budget. but it's from the Daily Trust, though. So <laughs> I think we already established that the Daily Trust is a special newspaper. <laughs> I found the whole thing amazing. They were congratulating him for basic stuff that oh. people used to do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the Daily Trust. <laughs> you know how the Daily Trust is. No, I'm just uh, the only per- the only person who seems to be genuinely enjoying himself in this government he is Lai Mohammed. I think oh. he's the only one genuinely enjoyed himself. The yeah. others seem to be 
on the be, the why Mohammed can continue to do what he's really good at, which is telling lies. And yeah, but he seems to be generally enjoying. Just wakes up, makes up a lie, turns around the next day, tells the opposite lie, and just seems to be enjoying floating from left to right. But well, just... it's a it's a good life. It's a good lifestyle, you know. I mean. But I'm generally shocked. Even, even that whistleblower, they didn't pay. They don't want to pay the whistleblower oh, his money. Jesus Christ! See, yeah, Michael, I think if we start, we will never stop. This government is just. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's you know, you you really have to laugh. You have earned the right to laugh because I don't. I don't think even even they understand what they're doing. It's. I mean, it's obvious that they just kind of like you said, they're reactionaries. So just go with it. If this happens, go with it. Deny it before you even understand what it is you're denying, and then issue twenty thousand corrections and oh yeah yeah. But I think at least sit in the room and have the same lie. No, it's not possible now because if they sit in the room, maybe somebody will will have a point that's better than somebody's point, and there's somebody who wants to take credit for being the one who sorted out the issue. Do you see what I mean? So they just, I mean, how can Magu started the whole story claiming that the whistleblower is now a millionaire, that he's now wealthy, blah blah blah. And they have to protect him for his own sanity. Yes, it's a saga came in and said the dude will run mad if they give him the money. Uh-huh. Then, I did what you said is a lie, that they're just processing the payment, he'll get it soon. And then someone but, else said they can't even identify the real whistleblower. Yeah. They don't know who exactly blew yeah, the whistle. Yes, I'm Mohammed. Yes. And, and, like, <laughs> and then somebody else said, okay, we'll pay him a, a reduced amount. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's quite spectacular. It is quite, quite spectacular. Well, they're, they're ABC, they are brilliant. They make simple things very complicated. And even you, after a while, start getting, start thinking that, okay, maybe this thing is complicated. Then you have to step back and say, no, 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 no. You know, it's, it's, it's because I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's a reactionary government. Do you see what I mean? Like, they don't understand that they always have to be ahead of the issues. And if they're going to lie... Everybody has to be in concert. You can't yeah. say one thing, somebody else says something else. You have to be in concert. That's the way the lie can even be remotely believed by people who want to give you the benefit of the doubt. But no, yeah. they, everyone just got... Look, Michael, it boils down to this. Buhari is not in control of his government. That is a simple thing. The buck stops at his table, but the reason people can go off hell to skelter and do whatever the hell they want is because yeah. there's no respect from the staff... To the to the to the president, the president himself, what's in concern him? Throughout the normal time, watch TV. He doesn't care. He won't give interviews. He won't give press conf- uh, conferences. So he, you know, nobody cares. Everybody's free to do what they want. But I'm, I'm trying to. So is that going to happen again? 2019. He's not going to attend debates. He's not going to. Share. We've already said. On which ground <laughs> is his re-election going to take place? <laughs> no, but that's actually why I'm keen for him to run again because I generally want to hear what uh, his key campaigners are going to say, because I'm generally interested in, even to the world here, well, what, what is Tinubu going to say? Hmm. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Tinubu is all sold yet, so hold your hat where he's concerned, I think. Well, to be honest, everybody's going to Canada, so... Man, everybody's going to Canada. So maybe this Nigeria thing, we should just give up our move to Canada, because I, I don't know... Oh, you, you want to move to Canada from the UK? Uh, Star place two codes. Exactly. Uh, imagine it's the UK, mm-hmm. but I can't be doing kind of I mean, I mean the, 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 uh, the good part is, you know, property prices are probably not as <laughs> not as expensive as, as they are here, but... Hmm. Yes, but I don't understand that Canadian accent. After 
many years getting this accent after change again, start, start sounding American or Canadian, however they sound. No, you're too old to change your accent now. I think, I think once you're like in your late 20s, you're pretty fixed, no? Too late, yes. So I can't be, you know, there's culture clashes. I can't be dealing with culture clashes again. I'm happy wimp. with this British-Nigerian struggle. Wimp? Don't be a wimp. I can't add this. No, but uh, I wish people all the best who are running there because, to be honest, many of these politicians, their kids are there. As we saw from the Paradise Papers, their money is also not in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they in, but you know they're sorted now. All this is all lip service. Bokola Saraki is stupendously wealthy. You know, yeah. I, a friend of mine, her husband, went to his house and he came and he said to me, he's never been in the home of somebody so rich before. <laughs> well, this, this is all, all of them from uh, the Dangotes, all of them. They tell you, we believe in Nigeria. If you open the accounts, it's a lie. all their money is, uh, is, is in Abroad, offshore trusts. Yeah, it's a lie. They just have a standby jet as soon as iPod or anybody does something, they're out. Bye. The Bye. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's Nigeria. Nigeria makes me so sad and weary at the same time. You know, sort of like you're doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. It's all quite. Uh, hmm. Anyway, my fellow listeners, I think you can hear the exasperation in my voice, <laughs> and I'm pretty certain that you feel the same way. You know, it's been nice having a discussion with Michael, as usual. We hadn't done it in a while, so it was nice to uh, exchange ideas with you and speak on your many obsessions, Michael. Oh, yes, yes. You keep calling them obsessions. I'm just a... They're obsessions, my friend. Political historian. Self-styled political historian. Political historian, my ass. So you tell the story from the middle when it it doesn't favor your guy. That's your style. But it's all good. It was a nice exchange, and we needed to have it. You know. Yes. So, any last words to our viewers before we sign off for today? Well, just to encourage all Nigerians, including myself, I'm going to get my PVC and I'm going to vote. I encourage everybody to take part in the electoral process. Even if you don't vote for APC or PDP, there are other parties out there. Uh-huh. We must all make our voices heard. And mo- most importantly, no politician should be given a free ride. They all need to put under pressure any questions we must ask them. We should not be surprised like Buhari surprised us. Everybody must ask questions. Um, well, my final words are that this time, you know, um, you're you're pretty much aware of my of my stance last time. This time, it's pretty much the same. Do your do your own research, do your own readings, open your minds to all the candidates and see what they're about. And let's pray for the best, my people. Let's pray for the best. Take care of yourself and each other. And until the next time, it's been lovely hanging with you. It's me, Afro7. Ciao, ciao.